Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. But as always, we kick things off with a brand new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello there and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us on our Facebook live stream, welcome to you. Today is Wednesday, August 18th. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the radio, welcome to you as well. It's now Thursday, August the 19th. I'm John Van Trieste and joined in the studio today by Emma Banak and Leslie Liao. Hey guys. In just a moment, we'll be telling you about the terrible creature found lurking in the sewers of one Xinju County township. Then, one Taiwanese entrepreneur's plan to send ramen to Mars. And we'll also be telling you about a Taiwanese market that's made it to the list of the best markets in the world. We'll be telling you all about it and what merits its place on that August list. All that coming up next in just a moment. Please stick around. All sorts of urban legends about, you know, crocodiles or alligators of various sorts lurking in various sewer systems around the world, but this is one case in which the, it wasn't an urban legend at all. There was an actual spectacled caiman, that's the name of the species, found hiding beneath a manhole cover in a sewage pipe of Xinju County's Jubei Township late Tuesday evening. Underneath a manhole cover? Underneath a manhole cover. How did it get there? Yeah, I was gonna say, how did they find him? It's a runaway pet, actually. Oh, that okay. Believe it or not, it is not illegal in Taiwan to raise a spectacled caiman, even though these are far from local creatures. Um, the spectacled caiman's native to uh, Central and South America, and it gets its name because of the spectacle-like ridge between its eyes. Um, but it's not from around these parts. It's definitely an exotic creature, and uh, but it's, there's no rule against raising it. However, the owner could be in some hot water because while it's not illegal to own a spectacled caiman to set it free without permission of the authorities, like the authorities would give you permission to do that, <laughs> could cost you up to two hundred and fifty thousand anti dollars oh, in wow. fines. That's many thousands of U.S. dollars, according to the Wildlife Conservation Act. Um, now, the owner, who's a twenty, um, the owner who is goes by the name Sashimi. I guess I bet you. That, I bet you the alligator made up that name. At the first, to, to to them, the owner is Sashimi. I guess so. <laughs> Anyway, Sashimi says, uh, takes care of several caimans, not just one. Wow, like, the obsession doesn't stop there, as well as other reptiles. Why are they trying to turn Taiwan into Florida? Claims that this creature, who happens to go by the name of Little E, is timid and shy and would not bite, pe bite people unless it feels threatened. So um, he was intentionally released? No, it ran away, it sounds like, um, and got into the sewer. So the urban legends do have some basis, I guess. It's a 24-year-old... These things can live for a long time. It's 24 years old, this spectacled caiman. 24 years yeah, old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They live for a long time. It's 130 centimeters of length. That's as old as Stash. It's a... Way to, <laughs> way to date him. <laughs> um, 
Yes. Uh, Wade, uh, it's 130 centimeters long, and it's named Little E, as I said. And uh, yeah, uh, there was a search, um, a hunt for it underway that began. It escaped its owner's home through an open door, so that's pretty careless. That is very careless. Uh, on Monday afternoon, and it's uh, fortunately, it only took them the day to find it. But uh, yeah, they were not... Um, despite the owner's protestations that this is a gentle creature, um, the people who went to find it didn't take any chances. They had animal rescue personnel and even, of course, a fire truck because the fire department always gets involved in animal control for some reason here in Taiwan. Um, they wrapped it up the snout tight and secured its head with two catch poles before hoisting it out from the manhole cover. So, yeah, um, they kind of figured out where it was due to see, with the help of CCTV footage. I mean, that's how Taiwan figures it, everything um, out mostly. Wandering down a street on Monday evening before crawling into a storm drain outside of a temple and disappearing down it. Um, yeah, they had fire bureau people. And animal rights groups were also on hand to witness it, to make sure there were no spectacled caimans harmed in the production of, uh, I guess, though it's Return Home. This magnificent um, film. Yeah, uh, yeah, they checked all every drain with searchlights in the area. And uh, so they set up cages, traps, too, by the greats. They went to great lengths, um, and it was uns- they were unsuccessful for a very long time. Um, the burrow chief, as if people had to be asked to do this, asked people to not try to catch it on their own if they ran into it. <laughs> Don't be a hero. Yeah, but to immediately contact the local authorities. What would um, you guys do if you saw an alligator on the loose? I, I saw the alligator on the loose. This was on the news yesterday morning, and it was the first thing I saw. You saw this one? I saw I on saw this news. one. Not, and in, you not just, in real life. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, 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 it was on the news, and if the footage was something like out of National Geographic. You just see it crawl out of the alleyway, slowly onto the street. I was just like, why is there... I didn't even read the headlines. I was like, why is there an alligator on the streets? <laughs> And um, I didn't even see who it was. So you said Shinzu. Um, yeah. But yesterday there was a, a news story like posted around 6 o'clock at night. They're just like, uh, it said, uh, Be Spectacled came in still at large in northern Taiwan. And I was just like, oh, northern Taiwan's a very large area where yeah. it also is where I live. So um, that was the first night I went to sleep uh, afraid that I might get eaten in my sleep. Yeah. Um, well, they have, found, they have found various snakes in toilets, so I guess this is not an unusual thing I in Taiwan. I think a crab popped up in a, in a toilet in Penghu. Well, once. that's a very ocean-fronted area, so yeah. maybe not so surprising. Anyway, the search went into the evening hours on Tuesday. They had to remove the manhole covers one by one. And finally, with the help of the fire department and the search and rescue people and the animal rights groups and local residents who joined in to volunteer or just to check out the excitement they finally caught it sashimi the owner has apologized for the nuisance caused by her negligence she's going to be investigated for having for any laws she may have violated she's got to be on the hook for you know so yeah. much of that so much mobilization well, and here's the thing we talked about the fee the fine for letting them go but there's an additional fine that that she could face if she causes harm if the animal causes harm to the local ecosystem so i don't know how they would determine that but, uh, and did you say that she has other alligators? Yeah. Got I wonder what's going to happen to them if she gets I to I mean, this them. could be a recurring theme. Like, you got to learn to close your doors. <laughs> a crocodile custody court? That's true. Yeah, I don't feel like... I don't know. Is there a foster care system for alligators? <laughs> I don't want in on that. They need to maybe set one up. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I'd do if I came across an alligator in person outside of Florida where you or like Louisiana where you expect that sort of thing. 
Um, yeah, well, they found it. It's out of its way. You can sleep soundly tonight, Laszlo. <laughs> oh, good to know. Good to know. Oh, man. What are people saying about this alligator business? Uh, well, Jen Delari says, when I was a kid, some friends and I used to explore storm drains and thankfully never saw anything like that. Or a clown. Yeah, these, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> these days, kids uh, call it urban exploring, apparently. I thought that was when you like go into like abandoned buildings. That's what I thought. I guess manhole covers are another... Th- that's kind of yeah. I, I, I wouldn't I, do that. That's kind of gross. I wouldn't do that. It's nasty. Like that, think about they all have, the like, stuff fat down bergs there. Down there, yeah. Like fat bergs. Oh yeah, the the, the it accumulates. Yeah. And oh, it's all nasty. Mm, very nasty. Uh yeah. So that's what Jen Delari says. Never saw anything like that. So I, I wonder, what what can you see in a storm drain? Killer clowns? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But that's about all I can. That's, that's all a, that comes to mind. Turtles, maybe. That's like karate karate proficient turtles. Oh, yeah. Probably yeah. lots of rats. <laughs> that too. Well, Lin Zhipong, also known by Andy Lin, is a Taiwanese engineer and entrepreneur who wants to send ramen to Mars. Uh, He's got some friends in high places who could make it happen, actually, I think. So let me explain. This is the the inventor of a ramen-making machine. Well, it's not just ramen, but noodles in general. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Yokai Express. They, the engineer founded it in 2016. It's got 35 of these machines, and they're set up in some very fancy, very swifty sort of places, including the Tesla headquarters. Oh, wow. And Netflix and various Marriott hotels. And they calculate that if each machine were to only sell 45 bowls of ramen each day, the profits could, the annual revenues could reach like 6.5 almost 6.5 million u.s dollars how much are these how much are these bowls of ramen costly i imagine i guess so i mean if you can if you're working at tesla you can afford it let's be honest that's that's fair um it can make ramen in 45 seconds so no more waiting around and it's not just a vending machine but it's like freshly cooked and it has over 30 types of cuisines that in addition to ramen that it can create let me list some of them for you Taiwanese beef noodles, mm-hmm. Vietnamese pho, Ooh. Thai tom yum soup, and Italian pasta. Nothing you said I don't love. <laughs> it's very complicated, though. I imagine quite easy to break down because it's got over 300 sensors that measure things like temperature and pressure levels. So very many moving parts there. Are, I don't know. It's probably a lot of maintenance fees. So you're saying, a lot of room for error also. Yeah. Imagine getting the Italian spaghetti mixed In a with the pho. sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you, you know what? That might actually hey, work out. He, you know, happy accidents. Yeah, happy like, accidents. Like Bob Ross used to say, there's only happy little accidents. Um, the inventor also uh, says, though he's very upbeat, that uh, it's basically a food court in a machine and that they're working on spicy hot pot recipes right now. Oh, wow. I'm behind that 100%. Yeah. Um, he said he'll business weekly. They interviewed him that he's never followed the conventional path. Although that's probably not true because he was an engineer at advanced semiconductor engineering for like 12 years. That's which pretty. Is, sounds pretty conventional pretty to me. Conventional. But he decided, you know, he decided to go off that path yeah. and uh, pursue his passion for innovation. And I think everyone can appreciate noodles. Absolutely. So, I love noodles. Um, I mean. I had noodles for lunch today. There we go. Um, uh, and so. Uh, yeah, so speaking of sending noodles to Mars, five of these vending machines were set up in the staff cafeteria at Tesla's headquarters in 2018, and Elon Musk himself tweeted about them. 
No way. He tweeted, ramen is so good. That explains the uh, the whole going to Mars thing. Yeah, no, I think that that, that could actually happen now. Although yeah. they wouldn't have many, many customers up there, I don't think. Um, but he did put like a whole car in space for no reason too. So yeah, there's was that him? A, yeah, there's just a car floating out there, man. <laughs> was that him or was that one of the other guys? No, that was, that okay. was Elon. Um, yeah, he has a lot of time for Twitter, it looks like. Anyway, uh, SpaceX has got three of these ramen machines too. So that's fun. And if you're looking to try, if you're in Taiwan and are wondering, where can I try these things? We've mm-hmm. all talked about places that are abroad. Well, he's not forgotten his homeland, the inventor of this. Weirdly, though, they're mostly, it seemed to be in hospitals. So I guess you either have to be admitted you or next to take care of the medical staff. With COVID man. going on right now, I probably wouldn't, I would wait to try. Um, but the, yeah, Taoyuan General Hospital, Far Eastern Hospital, um, hmm. and something called Arc. Taipei, which I don't know what that is. Park Taipei. Yeah, no. they'll soon be having them within a month or two in the Taipei Arena and Startup Terrace. So that's cool. And the Taipei yeah, Arena. Yeah, we oh, have nice. been there. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, in LinkedIn, in a LinkedIn post, he said, "Next step is to put ramen on Mars." He's talking to Elon. Wait, that's though. a pretty big jump. <laughs> he's talking to. He's yeah, talking no, to I would wait to like. Well, they're looking to expand because right now they're in like the U.S., Japan, and they're looking to expand to Europe and Southeast Asia in the future. I would do yeah, that man, first. There's like four yeah. more Mars, continents. Mars is sort of, you know... Antarctica. It'll probably still be there in a few years when it gets to know. that point. I don't know. Really, I wonder what else it can make because they only listed, like I said, they said over 30 and then we only got like a few little examples. I don't know. Uh, if we had a machine here at RTI that could do... I don't know. Uh, pasta putnesca? I would really be into that. Yeah. Well, all we have a, is a vending machine. We have a vending machine right now. Yeah, with, but uh, it just kind of has like some... With instant noodles. <laughs> yeah, but it can't make it for us, man. It can't. But there are chopsticks in the out, where, uh, in the slot where it comes out, which I think is pretty innovative. But <laughs> 45 seconds. I mean, I mean, that's... I don't know how it does it, but uh, yeah. It sounds like not so much ramen is like an art, one of those artisanal ramen places. Yeah, we're, we're, we're approaching Jetson's level of future here, guys. That's crazy. Well, Elon Musk likes it, so I guess uh, you can find it in some Marriott hotels, too. Although it doesn't say... Maybe you have to go to like, the executive suite to get it. I don't doubt they have that kind of expensive stuff just hanging in their yeah. lobbies. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Taiwan does have some cool vending machines. There's one in the in the Carrefour that sells orange, fresh, fresh orange juice. Oh, you can watch it like slice the oranges. That's yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. It, it, they go down like a little roller coaster type thing. That's entertaining. That is entertaining. Um, what else is there that we have? Mostly they're pretty. Con- this guy used to be work on other things. Yeah, they they don't have. Oh, you know what I saw? I saw a rice dispenser the other day, which was kind of nice. Like raw rice. Yeah, or cooked? raw rice. Oh. I mean, that was kind of neat. If there was a dispenser for cooked rice, that would be pretty You know what? Cool a nice sticky. bag of warm rice just to carry like in your pocket when it's cold. And then you can also <laughs> eat it. Be ni- that would be nice. I don't know. Uh, well, let us know what you would like to get in vending machine form or your favorite noodle dish that you'd like to see. We'd be interested. Maybe we can send this guy some recommendations. I wonder if anyone has written any recommendations. Not me. yet, but Jen Delari says the worst thing I ever saw in a storm drain was an abandoned shopping cart. That's some horror movie stuff, man. How did it fit down there? I have no idea, and I don't want to know. That terrifies me for some reason. An abandoned <laughs> shopping cart? There's got to be more to the story. Uh, yeah, that's kind of weird. Anyway, uh, one of uh, Taiwan's p- most popular 
well, I wouldn't always say night market. It's open during the day as well. Yeah. It's made it on top of a list of the world's greatest markets. Yeah. Do you guys have any favorite, like, night markets or stuff like that? I'm partial to Rauhu. Rauhu is Taipei. very nice. I haven't been there in a long time, though. Well, Emma, you, uh, you, uh, you do the Tainan circuit. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, Da Dong Ye Shi. Is, was, was that one? Um, it's... That's... I can't remember. Like, I've been to Tainan once. The, the it's uh, in this big parking lot across oh. the street from this little park okay. yeah, yeah yeah i think yeah. i've been there i've you know which one i've never been to is the flower market oh night yeah market. that's the biggest one but in my opinion i feel like da dong is the perfect mix of having uh lots of different types of food without being kind of overwhelming that sounds like raho mm. that does sound like raho in taipei anyway um so get this um a night market not even in taipei or tainan made it into the World's top twenty food markets by Lifestyle magazine Tattler. Tattler. What's that? It's a British like, magazine. Oh, I was gonna say like, do they like telling you? I yeah. guess they tattle on. They tattle on the best markets. They're, apparently, they're watching you. Um, and the uh, the mayor of the city, Ling Yotang, says this is this is an honor. Uh, but wait, which city is it? You haven't told oh, us. Oh, sorry, Jilong. Jilong. Okay. It's all way up north. It's way up north. It's, it's in like the an port hour city from us. Uh, north. And uh, it's called Jilong Miaoko Night Market, which means literally translates into the front of the temple, front door, temple front door night market. Well, it is right in front of a temple. So it is right in front of a temple. That's pretty literally true. Yeah. Uh, the city's mayor said this is a timely morale boost. And according to uh, Tadler, uh, which published the article on August 11th, it says the market is a vibrant celebration of Taiwan's diverse cuisine and is popular amongst both locals and tourists. Have you guys been there? Yeah, I have. I um, went there one time. Yeah. I find it that my favorite markets are much better, though. Uh, controversial take. Controversial take. It's not my favorite. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't even remember exactly what I got from there. I just remembered it was really The only crowded. thing that I like there <laughs> is that, that, that I definitely get every time I go there. And I've been there a few times. Is their version of like uh, water ice. Like it's kind of What's like it's not ice? quite ice cream, but it's like. Oh, wait, I did have that. I did have that. that. You, so we went to the same, because there's only one shop that sells it there. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come in like 30 flavors. That was nice. I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, I think it's called Paul Bean. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was, it, that was actually pretty good. That was all right. Huh. Yeah, but I don't know that that merits, like, what are the other markets on this list? Like, that it doesn't really merit It doesn't comparison. really say. It just said Jilong was just like, woo! Because I read there was one in Seattle. There was Park's Place. Oh, there was there's in Seattle. List. I'm sorry, not not about Taiwan, but... Um, the other, some other markets in the list were Pike Place Market in Seattle, uh, Tsukiji Fish Market in Tokyo. I thought that's is, not there anymore. I well, think they, they moved. just moved it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Amphawa Floating Market in Samut Songkaram, uh, Thailand. Um, the article says that with over 200 food stalls to choose from, the market features both traditional Taiwanese delicacies, delicacies and newer, more mainstream dishes. Um, and this was the only Taiwanese venue to make it on the list, which is seems kind of surprising surprising to me yeah we've got a lot of them uh yeah and it says the fact the market stays open well past midnight is a bonus but have you ever been to any like night market in taiwan they kind of do of all stay up until, yeah. until past so quite in the early hours yeah but uh mayor ling Tang didn't mind he said uh, that recognition was great news coming soon after the market reopened in late july following a two-month su- suspension of operations yeah covid that's the one thing about the market that i remember the most it's what, just covid no very very crowded oh yeah so like this is one of those places where I'd be like, oh, this is this 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 would not Super be a good place. Super spreader. Yeah, uh, he said uh, night markets across Taiwan were closed in mid-May after a major COVID-19 outbreak. 
Um, and he says, uh, this new Tattler article will help promote the Geelong Mialco night market to the world and attract more international tourists. But here's the thing. International tourists aren't allowed in Taiwan right now. But when they are. Oh, uh, when they also, are. Also, Geelong is the only real place in Taiwan that has, like, international cruises at the moment. Well, I think they sometimes stop at, like, Hualien or something. But, like, most of the cruises that stop in Taiwan, that's the port of call. Does so. Kaohsiung not, not do anymore? I mean, I've, like I've been, cause I looked before COVID at doing cruises and where, where, which ones stop in Taiwan so yeah. I can get on a boat. And then Keelong was the only choice. So oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> for the, for the major Western ones, I should say. Yes. And then so. where do they go from Taiwan? Okinawa, mm. Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a fun one. Yeah. But uh, as far as markets go, according to this British magazine, Keelong Miyako Night Market is the place to go, even though, I mean, it just, it, it's, I'm not gonna lie. Though everything they said that's special about this market, it's special it's, about every type night market. Yeah, it's just <laughs> every other night market in Taipei. I think it's Taiwan. The, I think it's it's the lanterns. Oh, they have lots and lots and lots of lanterns, and I think that that just gives it maybe an ambiance that the writer liked. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, so Jen Delari is from Seattle, and uh, she said. She can give us first-hand information about Pike Place Market. She says, Pike Place is really awesome. There's a great Chinese place where I get hanbao in the market, as well as Greek food and Russian bakeries as well. Pike Place is huge, though. It's multi-story since it goes down to the waterfront. Um, amazingly fresh produce. There's also a fish market that used to throw fish, that used to throw fish around. I thought <laughs> they still did. But they stopped that during the COVID to keep the crowds oh. from gathering. Let yeah, throw fish around. Yeah, I saw that on TV. They're Are like, these live fish? I don't know, but like they catch them from a good distance away. With a cannon? <laughs> no, by hand. It's efficient. My favorite market is still the terminal one at, in Philadelphia. I've never been. Oh, I've never been there. What do you like so much about it? The Italian food. Oh, there <laughs> it is. Also, they have um, some good other stuff, but I that's the stuff I remember most. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know that market. D- necessarily merits its place on the list but congratulations to congratulations the anyway it's the only one representing taiwan so bravo mm. and before we leave today finally it's an electric scooter that can let you go far over the speed limit <laughs> what oh yeah yeah so there's a really popular scooter company here that just released a new model and this scooter can go around 150 kilometers per hour. Which is which, allowed pretty much nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that is pretty crazy because um, I actually did some riding around on electric scooters this past weekend. Um, I don't have a scooter of my own, but I love electric scooters. And there's so many of those um, like share programs. The go share. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I like that they're not noisy. Yeah, but some of my friends actually hate the fact that they're not noisy because apparently when Go when Go Girls first came out, they ha- didn't have any noise at all, and then drivers couldn't hear them from behind and, and they kept hitting people. Yeah, so they added that noise. Like it's not necessary. It's for like a the beeping machine. noise when they turn. It's like, yeah. it's like and then um, I heard that that noise is like three hundred times louder than the actual noise that the the mechanisms make. Oh yeah, so it's like that quiet. They had to ramp it up three hundred times. Hmm. Yeah, well, so uh, basically they just have this new scooter and it's just they planned it to be out in time for the new school semester so college students can beg their parents for one. And and speed to class, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you, you said could, it's 150 kilometers? Uh, 
Yeah, kilometers per hour under ideal conditions. I don't know what these What's conditions are. Conditions <laughs> are rarely ideal. Wind let's be drag. <laughs> but it is a, a pretty expensive graduation present if someone's looking for it for college because it's around, I guess, close to 85,000 Taiwanese dollars. That's a doozy. That's about 3,000 American, huh? That's far more than the average scooter, isn't it? It's like, well... I don't know. Um, depends on how upmarket you want to be. I yeah, guess. the average scooter is maybe I want to say a thousand U.S. dollars, a thousand, thousand five hundred. I don't know. I don't have one. But okay. <laughs> I mean, I just I see ads for them all the time, so I'm just like, all right. And like the secondhand scooter market is pretty varied here. So. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. I don't know, but they keep like increasing uh, emission standards, so you may be better off with just getting an electric, expensive electric scooter. Yeah, rather dude, than just do that. Having to buy a new one, I don't know. Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to everyone who joined us and left comments. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Leslie Leo. I'm Emma Banat. Don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up next, it's hashtag Taiwan highlights and in the spotlight. Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. Every week in the show, we take a look at what's trending online in Taiwan. And this week, a dinosaur is trending in Taiwan. That's right, I said dinosaur. Now, if you listen to this show regularly, then you'll know this isn't the first time we've covered dinosaurs on Hashtag Taiwan. I guess Taiwan is just a fun place for dinosaurs to hang out. I don't know. I'd give you the detailed elaborate background of the story, but it's pretty straightforward. A dinosaur got vaccinated. Here's the story coming up now. Remember that movie Jurassic Park? You know, the one about dinosaurs escaping confinement and then terrorizing people? Well, apparently, apparently, that movie is partially based on Taiwan. Previously, we talked about how dinosaurs roamed the streets during Taiwan's one-on drills, an event where streets have to be absolutely clear. It's okay though, because that Nautisaurus Rex later apologized for its antics. A few months ago, I also talked about a woman who donned a dinosaur costume and danced for the gods. You want to guess what this week's hashtag Taiwan is about? Here's a hint, it rhymes with Schminosaurus. So, Taiwan is in the middle of vaccinating its population against COVID-19. We're getting to the point where around 40% of the population has at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. And when I say population, you might think I'm exclusively talking about people, but apparently... That is a dinosaur getting a COVID-19 vaccine. Yup. This was the scene at a vaccination center in western Taizong. Ridiculous as it seems, Twitter user James Hill points out that the pictures must mean Taiwan's vaccination program is going so well, we're now vaccinating those between 38 and 66 million years old. The dinosaur getting vaccinated went viral because of course it did. What's not to like? Vaccine? Good. Dinosaur? Good. Comedy? Good. <laughs> 
In all seriousness though, the person in the costume is a 38-year-old woman who goes by Miss Huang. When it came her time to get a vaccine, she thought, you know what might make this really fun? I don't have to answer that question for you, do I? Huang showed up to her vaccine appointment as a T-Rex and caught the attention of medical workers. She signed in and got vaxxed all as a T-Rex. In the video of Huang walking through the vaccination site, you can hear hysterical laughter from everyone there. <laughs> But even funnier to me is the sight of a T-Rex walking to a backdrop of the vaccination site's classical music, which is meant to relax visitors. But I don't care what kind of music is playing, if I were there, this is what would be going on in my mind. Welcome to Jurassic Park. My favorite reaction is this guy right here who's thinking, Oh no, I've seen this movie before. People online went nuts saying how cute the idea is. One user asked if dinosaurs need larger doses because of their sheer size. And another person pointed out how smart this move was considering Miss Huang could just reuse the dinosaur costume for Halloween in a few months. When asked why she did this, Miss Huang just said she wanted to entertain the medical workers at the vaccination site. She said she wanted to give them a laugh at a time when they're stressed, tense, and under pressure to get people vaccinated. And it seemed to work because Huang left such an impression that all the staff at the vaccination site asked to take a picture with her before she left. Look, now I don't know when dinosaurs will pop up next in this show, but at this point it's inevitable. But as long as their shenanigans don't involve eating us, well then, you know, I'm down for whatever, man. And that does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. What do you think? Amusing? Funny? Irresponsible? Scary? What would you do if you saw a dinosaur at your local vaccination center? I for one think that Miss Huang was just making light of a serious situation and given what the world's been through over the past, oh, I want to say year and a half, I'd say we got to take our fun where we can. Anyway, that just about does it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. If you liked what you heard and you want more, go ahead and hop on our Facebook page at Taiwan Insider, which is the weekly news magazine that Hashtag Taiwan is part of. You can see the video version of Hashtag Taiwan where you'll see more detailed images of a lady in a dinosaur costume getting vaccinated. Anyway, I'll be back next week, but until then, stay safe, stay happy, stay healthy. I will talk to you again very, very soon. talk about two of Taiwan's friends, Lithuania and the United States. Now they've both donated vaccines to Taiwan and we're very grateful for that. And Lithuania has been standing up for Taiwan in a big way. Let's take a look at this report. Taiwan has already sent Lithuania a gift of cream puffs as a token of thanks after the country gave Taiwan a donation of COVID-19 vaccine doses. Taiwan's foreign minister, Joseph Wu said that Taiwan would set up a representative office in Vilnius, Lithuania. What's more, Lithuania is even taking the bold step of letting Taiwan's office in its capital use the word Taiwan in its official title, much to Beijing's ire. It is China's first diplomatic ally to do so. 
China is not taking it well. Upon hearing the news, China recalled its ambassador to Lithuania and demanded that Lithuania withdraw its ambassador to Beijing as well. Taiwan's foreign ministry spokesperson Joanne O、oh、said Lithuania's firm protection of its national dignity and freedom is admirable. She said Taiwan's new representative office aims to build closer ties with the Baltic nation in the areas of trade, technology, education, and culture. Lawmaker Luo Zizhen says China's zero-sum game is forcing other countries to choose between Taiwan and China. This goes against global expectations, as every country has the right to decide how they want to build ties with other nations. Lithuania's foreign ministry said it regrets Beijing's decision and is determined to develop mutually beneficial relations with Taiwan. Now, Lithuania is being a great friend to Taiwan. It's the first of Beijing's diplomatic allies that is letting us use the name Taiwanese Representative Office. Now, what name do we use in other countries? Well, in the EU, it's the Taipei Representative Office. In South Korea, it's the Taipei Mission. In many places like the U.S., it's the Taipei Economic and Cultural Office. So all of them have the word Taipei rather than Taiwan or Taiwanese. Now the U.S. has even spoken out in support of Lithuania on this. Ned Price, the U.S. State Department spokesperson, said every country has the right to define the contours of its own one-China policy. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Welcome to In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and today I've got Jim Song with me, who is the co-founder of Jim and Dad's Brewing Company.、Um, I did talk to Jim、uh, some time ago. I think earlier this year. And、uh, talking about the brewery, the beer that the awesome beer that they make and everything, but you know,、uh, with COVID, I thought that maybe we can get an update just how things are going, if there's any change, and whether the business has been affected or anything like that. Hi, Jim. Hi, everybody. Hi, Shirley. Yes. Now I hear that right now you're over at the brewery in Yilan. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Last time I said, you know, I want to interview you again and just see how things going. You were saying that. Um, not to interview you from Tuesdays through Thursdays because you're delivering beer, is that right? Yeah. So now you're like part of the delivery team or something? No, no. We did a new product launch, so we had a we have a new beer out. Oh. It's a it's kind of like a dessert beer, so <gasps> it's brewed with.、Um, uh, it's kind of based on a lemon a lemon cake, and we we put like lemon juice, a、uh, lemon zest in the beer, and then we add、uh, some lactose to to. Get that creaminess of the cake going, <laughs> so it's kind of kind of like a dessert beer. And we were doing a launch, so I was, you know, delivering、um, the cake and beer to、uh, a bunch of people. Okay, well, look at you. We're in the midst of COVID, yet you are launching new beer. This is totally amazing. Can I say that COVID did not affect your business at all? Oh no no no! It's <laughs> it's been terrible for,、really? for I think for 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 everybody.、Um, Tell us、we、about were, it. 
we were initially going to do this beer launch uh, as uh, an actual event um, at our Taipei location. Um, but we were able to do that because, you know, obviously with the lockdown and stuff. So uh, what we have to settle on is um, just um, doing it online. So sending these beers to uh, people we were going to invite mm -hmm. and, um, you know, <laughs> getting them to post it. And, and that's about it. Um, so in terms of product launch or marketing, that's definitely been a, um, you know, a lot of uh, affected us a lot. And um, in terms of um, sales, obviously, because uh, a lot of beer sales is, um, you know, based on on-premise so, uh, consumption. So people drink at bars and restaurants and, and, and during social events. Mm -hmm. So without these things, beer sales is very slow. And, you know, um, so, yeah, definitely affected um, uh, affect everybody. Really, I was actually thinking that maybe then people would settle for bottled beer, and you do sell bottled beer, right? Yeah, yeah, but um, so this is a funny thing. Uh. Um, Taiwan, uh, in Taiwan, the law is still that you cannot sell uh, alcoholic beverages over the internet uh, at all. I didn't so, know that. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's a big problem. So uh. if you want to purchase alcohol, it has to be on on at a shop or at some place like that okay so, so then people um, order and then they, they come to the restaurant and pick them up themselves that's okay right yeah 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 okay. so it has to be it has to be a sort of a physical pickup okay but um, then people are so, not really into that oh but what about using food panda and uber eats those delivery servers um, no I, yes uh, i don't think it's allowed i don't think it's allowed so that's so not that's allowed a big either problem. oh i have yeah, no so that's idea a big problem yeah, it's oh. a big problem for for the industry. So, uh, I mean, people are trying to trying to um, you know, um, you know, get around this lockdown. But I I really don't see um, I really don't see a way forward without uh, the government kind of um, loosening up a bit at yeah. least during the lockdown. Mm. Um, but you know, there, there's no indication of that yet. So it's kind of pulling through. You know. Okay, so to yeah. yeah, so you're saying that if only the government would ease some restrictions on that, uh, especially during lockdown, what specific are you talking about? Like to uh, allow mean, delivery or uh, through yeah, the delivery service? Sort of, to, okay, okay. Yeah, some sort of, um, you know, I'm sure there's a, a happy middle ground where, um, you know, because the main concern obviously is that people, um, a lot of people, um, um, you know, are concerned that you're going to get youngsters, people who are underage buying it. Of course. So, uh -huh. so um, there must be a happy middle ground where we could come up with a way where we could make sure that the people who are receiving it is um, of above the drinking age, and so letting uh, uh, letting um, our distributors being able to sell these uh, products, right. sell, sell sell the beers. Um, so give an example. Um, and, and even like, even uh -huh. just during lockdown, even just during the lockdown, you know, you revert it. You could revert the rules back to whatever it was uh, after the lockdown. It doesn't matter, but at least during lockdown, you know. So give an example. Like, how do you think it would be done to be to be safe? Like, for example, like people, I mean, they order over the phone, and then you find a delivery service to send it over to their house. And they asked to show their ID and you um, take a photo yeah. of it, or I don't yeah, know. I mean, yeah, I'm sure some... you thought through it. 
So what do you think? Yeah, you I, think I mean, I think there's there are many ways to do it. I think uh, what you mentioned is, is one of the ways, obviously. Um, they could, um, you know, we could or we could go through um, if, if, if you don't trust the delivery person to actually check the IDs. Yeah. Uh, you could at least uh, go through maybe like a convenience store, maybe so people can order online and pick up at a convenience store. Because oh. right now, people can only pick up at certain, um, you know, for a lot of distributors, we can only pick up at... Um, at uh, your shop uh, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh -huh. you know, convenience store clerics check IDs all the time. So yes. um, if if we could deliver to those locations, they could pick it up. Um, Ooh, that's, that's... that's I think that's, to me, that that's very easy yeah. to do. But that's but, like um, adding load on the um, convenience store staff workers because... I'm just playing the devil's advocate because they're already getting a lot of packages from, you know, where people can pick up from the convenience stores. And, you know, I've had my colleagues saying that every time he wants to get a candy bar and then, you know, the people at the counter at the convenience store is like busy with all the packages and trying to figure out whose package belongs to who. And they're like sprawled all over the floor. And I'm thinking that if we add on Jim and Dad's beer packages... <laughs> Would that be, I don't know, it could be a problem? I think right now, uh, because of COVID, every every convenience store uh, shipping is obviously uh, clogged up. Mm. So, I mean, this is just an option, you know, a yeah. thought. Um, sure. Obviously, um, the one you mentioned works very well. I think um, Uber drivers or, or Food Panda drivers is an idea. Mm -hmm. um, um, perhaps we could have an app where... Um, you have to scan people's IDs yeah, or something. I was thinking about I mean, that. I mean, I mean, the, all of these sound, all of these, I think, are doable. Um, are ways to do it. Um, yeah. You just have to decide on one way. You know, every every way is going to have, um, um, you know, c costs and, and benefits. But yeah. you know, it, but not taking action, you know, inaction is is probably um, a lot more damaging than than mm. trying to solve the situation. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I think the the industry, the sector that's affected the most is restaurants and food and beverages. And yet, you know, uh, I mean, humans need food and beverages, you know, like they can't live without it. And it's like the most important sector. And yet it's the one that's affected the, the heaviest, you know, during this COVID. And yet I'm thinking like the government is like, I'm sure they're swamped with all the different sectors and industries saying that, hey, let us open up or, hey, do something so that we can still run our business. They just can't handle it all. I'm just assuming, you know, just standing on their side, trying to, trying to, trying to see it from that point of view. Because, like, even, even with, like, who should have priority getting the vaccines, you know? And, and then in this case here with you, I mean, I'm thinking, everybody's saying home. And then they say, yay, that means we can have like football games. Let's have beer and popcorn or, you know, and, and pizza and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're staying home. In the comfort of their homes, they can have, enjoy beer. And yet I realized that it's really hard to get the beer to them because of this COVID and all the regulations and worries and concerns from the government. I, I think it makes sense. Um, you know, usually I would say it's up to, uh, up to the customer to, to decide, obviously, too. Um, people, if they mm. really wanted, if they really want to be able to to purchase this at home, yeah. uh, they could talk about. It. But you know, it's a, it's. I think it's a cultural issue as well. I think 
um, oh. in Taiwan, the Taiwanese culture, when people, you know, ask about, oh, I, I miss drinking. People are like, oh, this guy must be lazy or this guy must be an alcoholic. No, you know? really? You know what I mean? Oh, uh, I think, I think really? There's that, I think there's that notion that if if you're trying to help out the, the people in the beer industry, it's uh-huh. like, oh, they're not serious business, you know. Beer is not a serious business. Alcohol is not a serious business. It's it's oh. it's for people. It's for people who are lazy, who who are violent and lazy, and you, and, and you've have, actually, you know. You've actually heard that. Uh, yeah, I've actually. Really? Um, um, so so recently, there there. Um, I think a Ta- Taipei City Councilor um, tried to uh, speak for you, you know, guys. Uh, talk a bit about n- not us, but oh. you know, like uh, cocktail bars and stuff. Yeah. And, and there was there were backlashes like oh. oh you know everybody's you know it's vaccines more important you know why oh. would you oh, only only young people only young lazy people like you counselor you only you would care about alcohol everybody's oh. caring about you know it's like uh, uh, people automatically assume people in the alcohol industry are are just uh, very debauchery and all oh. that stuff you know they don't associate it with something more. Um, Something Social, that, yeah, you know, or, like, or something just normal, like normal, a, like yeah, a, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most people are sane drinkers. Most most people don't drink uh, to to get drunk uh, or you know, yeah, to you know, escape problems or to, right. to. Most people don't drink and drive. Most people don't you know drink and you know abuse mm. their spouses or mm. or abuse their children, but. You know, that's uh, I think there's a there is a a negative association okay. um, in Taiwan, especially beer, I think, um, with really? uh, these things. Yeah, wow. I, I, f- I do feel that, especially uh, on the news and, and the media. Whenever there's news about alcohol, it's usually a negative. And wow. it's I think it f- affects people's mindset that this is not a serious industry and people, you know, people are not trying to make a living here, you know. Oh, Wow. Well, hey, let's go on a more positive note here. Yeah, you were yeah. you were talking about be- no, no, no. And you were in the beginning. You were talking about you launching a new flavor. I really yeah, want to learn right. more about this. This is so amazing. Is there really such a thing as dessert beer? So dessert beer is something that's um, that is um, it's been popular in the U.S. for I think a year or two now, mm-hmm. two or three years, I think. Yeah. Um, so the idea is to try to replicate a a dessert, the flavor <sighs> of dessert, and the beer. Uh, it's, I think it. I think it started out with uh, people making like uh, you know a chocolate cake beer or a, <laughs> or or a brownie beer, but, really? but then it, it it evolved into everybody <laughs> making all these crazy kind of dessert beers. Oh wow! And um, yeah, it's not as popular uh, in Taiwan yet. So um, this time we we part. Um, do you know a, there's a uh, quite uh, uh, famous like a dessert place called uh, La Ruban, I think. Uh, I, I only yeah. know the Chinese name. Oh. The Chinese name is called Fa Pong. Uh, and um, no. they're, they're, they're in Dongchi. And okay. um, they, make, um, they make this, um, their best-selling cake, I believe, is a, uh, they call it the Grandma's Lemon Cake. Ooh, and, sounds and, good. Yeah, and it's very, <laughs> it's, it's not as sweet, but it's very um, zesty and, and delicious. It's got that, all that great uh, flavor of the lemon inside. Mm-hmm. And, and so we talked to them and said, you know what? Let's make this your signature cake into a beer. Uh, oh, and wow. it's been six months coming, uh-huh. and we were we were planning on this whole launch event, a good part, a good launch party. But you know, obviously, we had to cancel. Yeah. And um, 
settle for this uh, <laughs> online kind of announcement, I guess. Who would have thought that beer business would be affected so much during COVID just because you can't order online and have it delivered to your home in Taiwan? Well, next week, join me as I speak more with Jim Song about dessert beer. That I'm also learning for the first time. You can tell I'm no expert in beer. For In the Spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.